It says, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and, he, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Let's just pray as Andy comes up and talks to us this morning about this passage. Lord God, we thank you that uh, your word is just full of amazing truths, Lord God, on, that is relevant to all different parts of our life, Lord. But we thank you particularly for this passage. And Peter, Andy's going to speak to us about today, Lord, and talking about the area of relationships and communication and relationships. Lord, we pray that you will, uh, well, we will open our hearts, Lord, to receive what you're saying to us this morning. We pray that by your Holy Spirit, you'll be changing us and working in our lives, Lord God, and saying us out today, Lord God, knowing more of you and being more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Michelle. Good morning and a warm welcome to everyone. If you're new, it's great to have you with us. If you're back, it's great to have you with us. And uh, just uh, if you've been coming for thousands of years, it's fantastic to be together. So, um, yeah, relationships and communication um, is our topic this morning. And I came across a few quotes which uh, you thought you might, might find helpful. Um, the hardest part of any relationship is when it's not your turn to talk. <laughs> Never marry a woman who was captain of the debating team. <laughs> Parents are embarrassed when their kids tell lies and even more embarrassed when they tell the truth. And uh, I like this one. If, I had known the, if I'd known the difference between the words antidote and anecdote, one of my good friends would still be living. <laughs> but how we communicate is uh, affected massively by our backgrounds, by our personalities, uh, lots of different things and how we think. And I came across a book um, about the different voices that come with the different personality types that we have uh, that are linked to that. And um, here's uh, here what they are. Uh, one of them is the nurturer type person. So they've got a, they've got a voice that's just interested in people and relationships and harmony, um, and nurturing people. That, that's, that's kind of their personality in, in all that they do. And there's the creative uh, voice, which uh, they're always talking about the big dream, and they're always talking about ideas and the future, never satisfied with the status quo, but how can we move things forward uh, in all of this? And um, there's the guardian voice. They're the ones that guard um, their priorities to protect, to defend, to keep things on the right track, make sure things are secure, stable, consistent, and they need to be convinced that, uh, that the change is really necessary for us to move forward on this track. It's a great voice, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's that one. There's a connector, and the personality there are those that like to collaborate. They tend to bring a lot of fun to the party, to the meeting, uh, whatever it might be. Um, they, if there's a problem, they know someone who will be able to solve it. They've got a connection to a resource or a person or a something that will do that. Um, they want to get everyone as excited about this as I'm excited about this. And uh, they use their networks in, in all of that way. And their voices are, are linked like that. And there's the pioneer. And their voice is one of uh, how do we strategically problem solve this? You know, how do we achieve the biggest win possible? How do we get the winning team uh, together to make this happen? And we all need all of these. Um, but what is interesting is that the, uh, is the interactions 
as we communicate that can come out of that. And there are some real challenges. And the authors of this book just outlined some of the communication weapons that come out of this. So I just thought it'd be helpful to know what weapons we might have and what we might recognize. Because we know the phrase, sticks and stones will hurt my bones, but words will never hurt me. So sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we know how untrue that is, that our words have a massive impact uh, on people. So here's uh, some of the, the weapons that, that we have with these differences. So the nurturer, for example, their weapon, bizarrely, is the first aid kit. Okay? They're always helping people. They're always getting alongside people. They are the medic uh, in the army. You know, everyone's marching forward, but they're staying with the wounded. And that sounds like, how could they possibly have a weapon? Until they say, if they go, I go. Okay? I, I lay my life down for this person. And they can use emotional blackmail almost uh, in how they do things. The weapon of uh, the creatives might be the Hulk. If you're a feeler type person, then um, you are quiet for a long time. Very quiet. And then suddenly it brews and brews and out it comes. Uh, the great outburst uh, that comes with that. Uh, the creative thinker might be the sniper. So they are thinking quietly in the background. And they've got the best argument. Once they've got it together, they just shoot you down uh, with it. You've not got a chance. Um, you're taken out completely. The guardians, the interrogator, okay, they've got questions. If you've ever been a parent, you'll have been an interrogator at some point uh, when your kids get back too late. Okay? I'm going to ask questions, um, and I'm going to grill you until I absolutely know where this is going. Um, or perhaps for the, the connector, it's cyberspace. I've got 30,000 Twitter followers, and I'm going to tweet something, and everybody's going to be, they're going to take you out. Or it could be gossiping with all the relational connections uh, that we have. Or the last weapon that you might use is, uh, is more of the Robocop. Kind of, it's a full-on shoulder-launched missile. Um, you know, these are the loudest people. These are always thinking very quickly, and they are ready to critique something very quickly and very confidently. And as soon as something gets suggested, boom, off it goes, shoulder-launched missile. And you might be absolutely right, but there's a lot of collateral damage that comes with that. And we need to be aware of what those weapons are. So you probably can recognize a few people that you know uh, with that. But also, which one are you prone to? You know, which one uh, are you, uh, describes you, or probably several uh, of those. So there are dangers with our communication um, and, and how we use them. So how do we communicate well in relationships? And this passage we looked at just gives us a few words that we can pull out. Um, my, my version said harmony uh, rather than like-mindedness. Harmony, sympathy, compassion, uh, love one another, humility. Uh, key, key words for communicating in our relationships. I want to start with harmony. And the beautiful thing about harmony um, is it highlights the differences. And we've had that demonstrated to us this morning with the band. You know, different sounds, different voices coming together to make something really beautiful. Um, when it's a discord, it grates on our ears. But harmony celebrates differences in a way that brings it together and values those differences in a way that sounds good. And in relationships, what are people looking for? People are looking for different things in friendships, in relationships, whatever it might be. Here, here are a few things that you might be looking for uh, in any relationship. Acceptance, affection, appreciation, approval, attention, comfort or, or empathy, encouragement, respect, security, support, 
There are lots of things that we might be looking for. But what you are generally looking for in a relationship is generally what you're good at giving, what you're generally good at expressing to others. So it may be affection that you're looking for and approval and respect. That's what you're looking for, and that is what you're also good at giving to others. But you're in a relationship with another person, but they're not looking for those things. They're looking for encouragement and security and support. And that's what they're good at getting. And so you have these two people who are expressing what they think is good relationship and missing each other completely. Um, Ruth, and I've checked, I'm allowed to talk about um, our relationship this morning. Um, but Ruth will, will tell you all about this. But I remember she, many times probably, she comes back from work and she'll tell me about an issue at work. And I'll start solving her problems. I'll start throwing ideas out and solutions. Because I'm thinking she's looking for support in here. But she isn't. She doesn't want any ideas. She doesn't want any of my solutions. Okay? She just wants somebody to listen to her. She's looking for attention. She's looking for encouragement, perhaps. But you can completely miss one another in that. And so to, for there to be harmony, we need to understand. And therefore, there's got to be good communication in our relationships. And that involves speaking. It involves careful listening and understanding of people. It involves asking, it involves listening, but it also involves hearing what they say. What does love look like? What does a good relationship look like for that person? You know, for your spouse, for your friends, for each of your kids, and I guarantee it will be different for each of your kids, okay? Your colleague at work. If you're looking for encouragement, for example, what does encouragement look like for you? Because it might look something completely different for someone else. You know, and ask people, what, what, when do you feel encouraged? You know, what have I done when you felt encouraged? What have I said that encouraged you? And start to understand and unpack what does that word look like for someone. And you can do that in a work supervision situation, all sorts of situations. You know, I feel encouraged when you do this or when you say that. Um, I feel supported when you help with this or you ask about that. You know, I feel your approval when you do this, but not when you do that. Um, I feel you're attentive when you notice and you comment on such and such that I did. Then there's sympathy. Be sympathetic. Okay? Enter into someone else's world. Probably that's what relationship is. Okay? I was thinking about this. Is that you enter into someone else's world. Um, and therefore, good communication is crucial. Again, Ruth and I were asked these two questions very early on in our marriage, fortunately. The first question was, when is the best time that you communicate? And the second was, when is the worst time that you communicate? And we wrote down answers, and we shared notes. And Ruth said, best time when she communicates is when we sit down for a meal together. Fantastic. Unfortunately, I had down, worst time that I communicate is when I sit down for a meal together. Because for the first 10 minutes, I don't listen to anything. I am only interested in the food. Okay, if I ever come around to your house, I apologize now. But okay, first 10 minutes is about food. Okay, and then after that, I would then start to listen to anyone that is around. So that wasn't good. My best time to communicate, I grew up in a house where we had a phrase of, oh, does somebody want to put the kettle on? Does somebody want to make a pot of tea? And in our house, that meant everybody gathers around the table and we have a chat. I didn't really have anything to do with the tea. It just meant, we're all going to get around, have a cup of tea, I'm going to chat. So I, we're married, and I'd say to Ruth, do you want a cup of tea? You know, enthusiastically. Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> Completely lost. I'm sorry, whew, whew, missing where one another is. Verse 12 in this passage talks about God's relational communication. 
And it says that God's ears are attentive to our prayers. His ears are attentive. We have a God who understands what attentiveness is. And so we need to find out when and how to best communicate in our relationships. When are we and when are they the most and least attentive and how can we improve that? And for most relationships, and I'd say it's particularly for kids, but it's probably true for everything, is that love is spelt T-I-M-E, time. Kids would prefer five minutes of devoted attention than five quid to keep them quiet. Okay? People are looking for devoted attention. And that usually involves eye contact. So not cooking while they're talking and having a conversation back to back, but giving them eye contact. Attentive. We have a God who is attentive. Verse 8 talks about compassion and humility. And humility means recognizing that we get it wrong. We get it wrong a lot. Um, and so there are aspects of relational communication that involve confession, that involve forgiving, that involve comforting. Confession of the hurt that we've caused someone. Okay, forgiveness of others when we experience that hurt in our own lives. Uh, comforting one another's hurts, entering into one another's hurts in all of that. I can remember taking some uni friends to see my mum. My mum was an actress and uh, she was in a play and a show. Uh, we went to see the show and then afterwards we met, we met up in the bar, um, me and my pals and my mum and some of the cast um, in, the, in the bar, little, little coffee table kind of there. And we, we had this, just a normal conversation in my head. I discovered afterwards that I had mortally offended her. I had no idea how, why or what. Um, and it turned out that, um, as, as is my one, I'd gone in and just put my feet on the table. Okay, and I was just too chilled. I was a student, but hey, I was too chilled. And she just found that whole thing disrespectful with her colleagues, with the rest of the cast there, with her friends. Um, and so we had to chat about that. You know, and I was upset, but she was upset. Um, I was, you know, the fact that I'd caused her embarrassment without even knowing about it. And so what didn't seem a big deal to me, we dealt with. You know, I'd hurt her, I apologized, um, no intent behind it. But we need to confess when we get it wrong. And we need to forgive one another. And we need to comfort the hurts that each experiences. Communication in relationships. Be compassionate, writes Peter. Be humble. Often there's not a harmony of priorities in a relationship. Um, maybe that's where a lot of conflict sometimes comes. You know, do we understand what the top priorities are of another person, um, of those closest to us? You know, do we agree with their top priorities or would we rather them to be different? You know, do we have those conversations? Do we, do we communicate at that level and ask those questions and have those discussions? There was a guy who was uh, working in the States. He lived in the UK, um, but he had to commute a lot to the US. And it, obviously, it was getting very tiring. He was getting fed up flying backwards and forwards. So one night, he said to his wife, um, um, this is just not working. We're going to have to move. We're going to move to the States. And then he fell asleep. And she was up all night. All night. She was there thinking this was a decision. Okay? I'm thinking through this. She's thinking through the complex implications, the relational ties. How is this going to affect the family? You know, where are all my contacts list? She's got spreadsheets going. It was a horrible, horrible night. She didn't get any sleep. And in the morning, she was very upset and exhausted. And he said, yeah, yeah, no. It was, it's never going to work, is it? What he was just thinking aloud, she saw as a drastic, life-changing decision. 
And uh, there's a time to talk. There's a time when we talk about things, and there's a time when we don't talk about things. There's a time when we don't think out loud, and there's a time uh, to do that. And last thing at night probably was not a good idea in that situation. And we need to have compassion on how and when we communicate things with people, um, to be kind-hearted in all of that. It's also worth saying that it's important how we hear. How we hear. Because the words that we mean to speak are often not the words that come out. That's the first problem we have. The second thing is the words we hear are not often, the, the, often not the message that we hear. We misinterpret what has been spoken. Um, I like this picture. I think this sort of sums it up, really. <clears throat> you know, the words we say are not always understood, but they're heard through a filter that the other person then reinterprets. So our classic one um, would be this. So I'll, I'll come home from work, and I'm thinking to myself, this is what I'm thinking. This is the, the nice, neat bit. Okay, I'm, that's my side, just to clarify. <laughs> okay, I'm on that side. And I'm thinking, all I, I wonder if I could got 20 minutes just to check something online. How does that come out? It comes out of, uh, oh, um, when's tea going to be ready? Uh, 15 or 20 minutes? What is interpreted as is, hurry up with tea, I'm starving. Have I got to wait another 20 minutes? Okay, how did that happen? How does that happen? So often what we say is heard and misunderstood um, or not what we meant it to be. Uh, we have things that scramble our thinking and our hearing in communication. So imagine six people, for example. I'm going to look at six areas. And they've all worked for a company for three years. And suddenly the company hits recession and they have to lose 400 employees. So they're basically getting served notice. Six people hear six different things in that situation. Firstly, there's the polarizer. Everything for them is black and white. There's no gray area. So this is their reaction. That's the decision, redundancies. Well, this company is obviously going down the drain. If they don't want me, then I certainly don't want them. The polarizer. Or maybe you're the magnifier, where there's a tendency to make a mountain out of a molehill. This is the worst thing that has ever happened, that could possibly happen. My life is over. I am ruined. What am I going to do? The magnifier. Or maybe it's the personalizer. And it must be their fault. That's how they think. It must be their fault. I knew my boss didn't like me. He's never liked me. He's just been waiting for a chance to get rid of me. What did I do wrong? And we personalize it. The generalizer. And they're full of extreme words like always and never and devastated. Okay, they're their favorite ones. This was bound to happen sooner or later. Big companies, they never look after their staff. They always seems to happen to me. I will never keep down a steady job, generalizing about everything. Or the emotional reasoner. And for the emotional reasoner, this is where feelings become facts. It doesn't matter what you say. If I feel something, that's the fact. No, 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 don't talk to me about recession. This has got nothing to do with recession. I feel there's something else going on here. It feels like they're not telling us the whole truth. And it doesn't matter what you say. The emotional reasoner. Or sixthly, the minimizer. I don't know anyone like this. Significant events are never dealt with. Okay, well, it's no big deal. These things happen. No, no need to even talk about it. What's done is done. No, not much. Let's just move on, move on. 
That's the minimizer. So which are, which are those? Because all of these are an unhealthy reactions, unhealthy filters that we hear through or what we hear other people say uh, or what we think they say uh, into our lives. And you will no doubt recognize some of these people. Okay? You hopefully will begin to understand some of the things that perhaps you're prone to um, as well and your own thinking pattern. Some combinations of these are particularly stressful. You get a minimizer and a magnifier. That is a lot of fun. That is, a, that is great fun. A lot of frustration going to go on there um, uh, in all of that. It's also quite hard to correct on your own. Okay, we're often not aware of this. We actually need the help of one another to be aware of how we interpret things or how we tend to interpret things um, and to talk through helpful ways that we can support one another in overcoming these communication filters. I have literally seen texts in my own family and one person thinks this person's texted something and said something. So I've said, really? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that surprises me. Can I see the text? They've shown me the text, and it clearly doesn't say what they think it says. And I said, no, 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 just reread the text. They've reread the text, and they are still convinced it says what they think it says, even though it doesn't. It can be emails, it can be all sorts. So strong is the filter that we hear through and we interpret through that we still can't actually see. We see what it, we expect it to say, not what, we, what it actually says. So as we come to a close this morning, are we aware of the, the weapons that our voice uh, can become uh, because of the personality? Is it, is it the robocop? Um, is it the sniper? Is it the interrogator? Is it Hulk? Um, is it, put it around the network? Is it the medic overprotecting? You know, are we aware of the weapons of our voice? Do we really listen attentively to our loved ones to understand what they need in a relationship? Remembering love is spelt T-I-M-E. You know, do we have the vocabulary to help us to have those conversations? Do we know our most and least attentive times uh, for communication with others in different relationships? Is there humility in our hearts to confess, to forgive, and to comfort um, when we get it wrong. You know, and do we understand these filters with which we hear and which others hear so that we can overcome those in our communication? Let's pray together uh, this morning. Maybe the bands could come back up. Father, we thank you that you are a God who is attentive. That you are not about religion, but you are about relationship. That you are attentive to the prayers of your people, to the words of our hearts that you understand what this is all about. Father, we thank you that you're a God who stepped into our world to initiate that relationship, stepped into our lives. And even more than that, that you've poured out your spirit into our lives so that we can know the reality of that. Father, we pray that you would fill us with that attentiveness that comes from you, with that love of stepping into another's world that comes from you, and that you would so change us that we would be able to multiply that out into every relationship that we have, Lord, at work, in our families, in our community.
Lord, show us those things that, that we can learn. And this morning, maybe you've come with uh, something that you want prayer for. We've just read that, that God is attentive. Attentive. His ears are attentive to prayers. And whether it's something relational that you want to pray about this morning, whether it's something physical, whether it's something else, uh, our team would just love to stand with you and pray for you, pray with you, that God would, would step into your situation today. Amen.